There we go. That was weird. Okay. Welcome to the IEG Thursday thing, this thing we do every Thursday where we all get together, have a good time, chat about Subarus and what's going on in the community and just whatever else is going on. It is the week after Thanksgiving, so we're still on the whole Cyber Week sales extravaganza stuff going on. It's It's been nuts, so gotta be real, haven't had much time to think about things. It's It's been kind of crazy, but... Um, this is a show I thought would be kind of fun. I came up with this idea a while ago and then forgot to tell Graham, but I think we're going to do this now, um, because I have Graham on the show. Um, Graham from Boosted Performance Tuning. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. Busy. All kinds of crazy stuff going on today. It's, uh, uh, it's been nuts for you too, right? Like you... (laughs) I, I, you ran kind yeah. of a sale and, and like people just lost their damn minds. Yeah, we, we did, we did a small sale for a few days there and sold, sold quite a few standalone ECUs some tuning packages and yep. some tunes and things. So yeah. And then we've got, I've got some interesting projects going on, working on the heads cam on the C8. You've seen that. And then, yeah, like I told you, I literally just before I called you in, I was working on a startup map for a Ford RS 200. Um, I hate you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that is, that know. is my, literally my favorite car of all time. Me too. I told, I told the shop to tell the owner that it's trash and that I'll buy it for 50k right now. <laughs> but I don't yeah, think no, he's going to go for it. It's junk. I'm on my way. <laughs> no. So yeah. And here's the crazy, I didn't even tell you this. If he's already, like we, we already have the car running significantly better than it was. He's super excited. He's like, oh yeah. By the way, I have a Delta, I have a Lancia rally car too to bring in next. Oh my I'm god, like, it's so good. <laughs> Who is this guy? And now you're starting to fuck with Group B cars, dude. dude. So you and I, we 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 didn't get into performance cars together by any means, but we started Grid Life together at the same time. That's where you and I's like background comes in. And yep. some of this we went over on one of an old show we did, but that was before we were doing the podcast. So. Long story short, um, Graham was tuning for our shop, and our shop was Six Star Motorsports. That's where I was at at the time. And um, I wasn't even working for Six Star at that time, but he was staying at my place um, when he was tuning there. And this this track event thing came up, and I got free tickets to it because I was working at TH Motorsports, and they were a uh, sponsor for it. And... uh I wasn't even going to go and Graham's just like, yeah, dude, it'll be great. Let's do it. We'll both drive the, we'll drive your wife's old five STI. It'll be a good time. And, uh, he, he managed to talk me into it. And then I like overnight, he's like, well, I don't like these side feed injectors and all this, but we really should put a tune on it and, uh, maybe get some E85 in here. He's like, do a top feed conversion on this thing and we'll take it. Well, I had all the stuff to do the top feed conversion. I just had to do it that night. Oh my God, that was a nightmare. Um, but we basically didn't sleep. Top feed converted the thing, drove to Gingerman. And that was the first time both of us experienced grid life. And we both threw out all of our big, fast streetcar ambitions like that moment and turned into total track sluts. So <laughs> yep. the rest is history. Yep. The next year, you went on to win a uh, street mod championship. Yeah, it was the year after, wasn't it? Fifteen. Yeah, it was a year after you came. 
Six, you eight, brought 16. your card to the next event, and then you decided, we're going to yeah. go do some stream. I'm going to go do time attack. You should come with me. So I did. Yeah. And yeah, your your card made a little more horsepower than everybody else. And you kind of caught yeah. with their pants down, and you kicked off a freaking arms race like no other. Pretty much. Graham is the originator of the, the arms race in, in grid life. Mm. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, Graham and I go back. Um, but either way, since then, um, you and I have seen some shit. Um, we've, 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 uh, we went from basically nobody within the time attack community to both of us have a championship. Um, you know, we, it was really close after when we, we started, we were, you started helping tuning with like James Houghton, some other stuff. It was, it was wild how it just snowballed really fast. And uh, yep. now you're tuning Group B rally cars. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty wild. <laughs> I mean, what happened, dude? That was crazy. Yeah. Um, that is that is so nuts. But it's good times. So um, today, what I wanted to talk about was kind of like I I don't even know how to word this, but basically like red flags or what the fucks for tuning. Okay, some WTF stuff that you see um, that maybe I'm sure almost every one of these has a story behind it, um, which is always entertaining. But like things that pop out right away that make you go either no or oh, my God, this is going to be this was supposed to take 30 minutes and it's going to take six hours. Or, you know, things of that nature. What are the things you like and dislike to see? Mostly the dislike, because it's just highly entertaining. Yeah, and you're and you're talking things that just kind of come and show up. Yeah, not only things that just show up, but things that, like, yep. maybe maybe made it past the... Uh, the the initial inspection like oh well let's just just, look- let's 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 start let's start there before before you before, the cars that come with no inspection that's yes. that's scary um, that, that's people, immediate first red flag people putting their own cars together that have never put together a car and you know don't have any experience sometimes i've i've been super impressed some people can do that and it's amazing and sometimes it's, it it comes in and it's like you didn't even tighten down your intake manifold, buddy. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I and I've seen that. What what's some of the craziest stuff you've seen showing up? Um, like, I've had I've had more than one person delete their fuel pressure regulator. Oh, that's fun! Like it's gone, and it's like, funny because they, they you, just you show up with absolutely uh-huh. no fuel pressure regulator at yep. all. So it's just absolutely gone it's just it's barely running on the fuel that the it's basically the only fuel pressure being built is between the pump and getting backed up on the return line just needs Whatever. a tune yeah it's pretty <laughs> bad like and 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 it's been it's usually people that do top feed conversions and don't understand how the side feed rails and lines work they think they can just plumb together everything themselves and they yeah. forget they don't know what a fuel pressure regulator is so it gets deleted it gets thrown out and they don't put one in that's fine. Because you know, on the it's the, the the regulator is built into the rails on those cars. So yeah. they, they get new rails, new lines, they they buy everything, but they don't buy an FPR. They just plumb it all together because they don't know how fuel pressure works. I've yep. seen that. I've seen that before, and that's that's pretty neat. So um, yes, people people putting their, together their own cars, that can be that can be dicey. So 
is there anything that pops out that like you immediately go, Oh my God. Um, I don't, man, I'm trying to think of a, a really good example. Um, like totally missing exhaust. Um, if, if you see like a stancy boy roll up, does that make you worry about the, the quality of the rest of the car? You mean I mean, like hey, the one, like if like if it has like bride seats and it has like things hanging from I'm, all the mirrors and yeah, and I'm talking the like shif- the like terrifyingly low, yeah, and one of those big old like um, phallic shaped massive shift knobs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's always going to be a little bit concerning when I hop into it. Yeah, um, so I I was actually helping you tune a car once, and uh, I I. I don't even remember what model, but I really want to say it was a GD. No, it, it had to have been a GR. And it it was a freaking ashtray. It smelled so bad. Oh, dude. That's, yeah. I, I, yeah, I get, like, people that smoke in their car. Like, yeah. you know, smoking smoking's gross. I, like, I used to smoke when I was younger, and thank God I got rid of that habit because it's yeah. disgusting. But I can't stand the smell of it. I can't, you know, if you want to smoke, that's cool. But, like, smoking in your car and having that stench in there, I do not like being in your car. I will dislike you a lot. I'll probably never tune your car again. So and, and it isn't even so much the smoking in the car on this one, because don't get me wrong. You're, you're going to get that. And you, you get that kind of, it's just gross. I, I agree. Yeah. This one literally had overflowing ashtrays, yeah. like cigarette butts all over on the ground. Oh yeah. Like it was vile. Yeah, I mean, at like, least it that smelled guy, like least smoke that, hey. ashtray, and somebody took a piss in the back. It was maybe, nasty. Maybe he was just very planet conscious and didn't want to flick his butts out the window because he's a good that's guy. That's what it is. He's just a good guy. But yeah, that's gross. Definitely not good. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some cars that are like looks like you know animals live inside of it. I've been in some cars that smell like animals live inside of it. Like that's not good. Those are definitely not yeah. fun ones to to be in. I mean, we had a good time in the Rusty Raccoon. It smelled awful, though. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, (laughs) or like, I mean, you're like your own damn car. Like, you're, I, dude, I hate. I. That's why last time we tuned your car and you were here in person, you were driving on the dyno, not me. I was standing outside updating maps because I can't stand the the smell, sights, and sounds. And that's a good one too. You know what? I absolutely hate tuning. What's that? Race cars. Yeah. Because so it my car is awful because it's it's crazy loud. Yeah, you know you've got to the climb seat, over a hundred different things. The seat's uncomfortable. The I can't seat's lean, uncomfortable. I can't, I can't lean back. I can't type on a laptop because I've got T Rex arms. I have nowhere to stick my arms and like lean back and spread out and work on a laptop inside there. And it's um, it's not cigarette butts and shit you smell in it. It's my since my oil um sump is inside the cabin with you. Yep. Like you're smelling like really hot oil all the time. And it is crazy the not, hot. Yeah. The car's not moving. Yes. <laughs> it's, so. it's not bad to drive on track, but oh my God, is it awful. It's the worst dyno car. Yeah. So yeah. Get cars like that. Or like you, you brought up earlier. Um, I don't know if Peter Granberg's in here, but like oh, when yeah. he showed up, he, he Peter, showed up for his car. Peter, Peter's not the tallest guy that I know. Let's just say that. Yeah. Let's and just say Peter. Yeah, Peter's Peter. Peter Peter's, Peter. Yeah. Peter pulls his car up to the dyno, and I'm like, "Oh, I'll take it from here, buddy." And I go to get in, and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Let me just reach down and move his race seat back." I'm like, "Oh, you don't have sliders, do you?" Because, like we talked about earlier, technically yeah. maybe slider sliders aren't the safest thing in a car in a crash. But so he has a fixed seat to his height. I tried to get in there, impossible. 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm five eleven. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah, physically get in there. Like, so guess, you're like crazy tall either. So I was like, Hey Peter, <laughs> you, you ever driven your car on a dyno? He goes, Nope. I'm like, well, you're going to today. <laughs> so I sat in the passenger seat and Peter drove his own car on the dyno. Oh man. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the absolute worst. So yeah. it's cool. We got a uh, heavy metal WRX is in here. He, he's got a, a YouTube channel for his 22 WRX. That's been uh, rolling along pretty good. Oh yeah. Yeah, he said he booked a conference room to listen. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> where are you? Where are you at, Oase? So, yeah, I don't know where he's at right now, but he's uh Oh, yeah, okay. He, yep. Yeah, so, he, he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't quit his main job yet to do YouTube full time, but I'm he's on the way there. Yep. Get there, buddy. You just got to dive all in. Yeah. He's getting there. I'm seeing. I'm seeing all the. I'm seeing all the videos pop up on my news feed that are, you know, have all the right titles and grabbing mm-hmm. all the right people to watch them. So he's on the right track. I think he's doing a good job of that. So yep. We think you're doing good, years. bud. Yep. <laughs> so, um, what about uh, like it, it? What if what if a car pulls up to the dyno? And like the ass is just rusted right out. Do you immediately think a certain way? Um, I mean, I don't know. You, you know me. I try to, I try not to be that guy that judges people. Everybody has a different situation, different story, sure. different desires, different budget. So, okay. I, okay. I try, okay. I, I got a better one. If a car sure. rolls up rusty or not, especially these days. And it's a bug eye. <laughs> yeah. Where are you so, at on that? Oh man. Um, well, I mean, so we we don't do we don't do a lot of those unless they go through an inspection first. So mm-hmm. now, if it goes if it goes for an inspection and it gets checked out and it's mechanically sound, I don't care how it looks. Yeah. I only care about how it tunes. So if it rolls up there and it's it's a complete rust bucket, but it's been it has all the vacuum leaks fixed and everything's good. The inlet's not torn and this and that, and it's got good compression, you know, we'll still tune it. Unfortunately, we, we do have to turn a lot of those cars down because of their age and because they've been neglected a lot of times, then it doesn't, it doesn't show up. But, you know, I've, I've definitely had some cars that come on the dyno that, are, that, you know, don't look that great, but perform wonderful. And then some of those guys, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm going to be repainting it and doing all this and doing all that. And they'll, they'll hit me up a couple of years later and send me a picture. And it's like a whole new car. So, Which by all means happens. It, it isn't it's so a, much. It's just bug eyes right now. They're they're getting so old, and that like all of them have like a ton of vacuum leaks. <laughs> like yeah, they're all so yeah. It, it, the other, none of them need just a tune. Tim was talking to me the other night. Tim her he does he does the tuning himself. You know, does some tuning as well. Yeah. So he was he was talking to me. We were just bsing in Discord, and he's like, man why won't this bug eye tune right? And I was like, bro, the, uh, the, the question, the answer is in your question. He goes, yeah, what? Right. <laughs> oh, bug eye. I'm like, and we laughed, you know, and that's, but that's the joke is that, you know, the, a bug eye is, uh, 21 years old now. It's so hard is, to think about that. Yeah. 21 years is a very long time. And that's, a, that's a very long time for a car not to have a, a worn out fuel pump or a boost controller. So like if, if so bug eyes, we, we, we've kind of established a, a kind of a 10 year recommendation and a 15 year hard, fast rule. And yeah. if, if, a, if a Subaru is past 10 years, we recommend fuel pump boost controller and a, and a full inspection. And if a, if a Subaru is past 15 years, we require fuel pump boost controller 
and spark plugs and all these other things because I it's extremely rare that a stock fuel pump is still going strong after 20 years. But people don't realize that fuel pumps do not typically last the lifetime of a car. No, so they that, don't. You know, and- so there's all kinds of things we run into there. Or you know, people will be like, they'll they'll contact us and be like, oh, my 2005 Subaru blew up and uh, you know, I got a new engine. I just need a tune. I'm like, well, okay, let's, we, you know, I recommend a fuel pump. They're like, no, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. It only has 110,000 miles on it. And it's two owners and it's always been garage cap. I'm like, okay, well, we'll try a tune. And sure enough, the car is running lean and that's why it blew up in the first place. Imagine you know? that. So, right. Exactly. Um, so. to the, uh, people posting, you've got some good questions in the chat. We will get to you. Um, and you know, near the end, we'll, we'll go through the chat and, and, get to all of those so don't think we are ignoring you by any means keep them coming if you guys got questions for graham make sure you stick them in the chat if you're listening to this on a uh um in podcast format later on uh you can listen live on discord and ask questions while this is happening hell you can even raise your hand and uh come up on stage if you want to ask a question that way so you you have options for that um but so back to this um so is there any modifications you've seen under the hood that you you just pop the hood and somebody's like yeah you know i just can we just tune this or whatever you look at it and go i don't think so man i one particular one comes to mind i'd be interested to see where you go with that hmm let me think i'll just throw out what i think that particular one is then yeah go for it uh, it's a particular injector brand. Um, it's a two-letter, um, starts with D, ends with W kind of injector brand. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. definitely, like, injectors are one of those things that is, is uh, it's super important that they that they're, they match each other, period. Yeah. Because fueling and tuning is, is never without really in most cases is never going to be a per cylinder thing. We have no idea what the, what each cylinder is doing unless we happen to have per cylinder information, but that typically wouldn't exist on a street car. Super oh. rare unless you're so, talking like right. serious track cars. So it's really, you know, it's really important vehicle. to have injectors that are matched so that each cylinder is doing the same thing, at least from a fueling perspective. So it, it does always make me nervous when somebody rolls up and they've got, you know, a brand of injectors that I don't trust based on experience, you know? So Do you remember which hunters? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> let's just hack the top off and sell them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, pe- people cut the top off. Yeah, no problem. We can do yeah. that and sell it. Hell, they're thousand cc now. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. We don't. We don't need to get in the bagging on different brands or anything like no, that. No, no. I'm just throwing I, that out there. But yeah. what I'm what I'm trying to get at is there's, um, it, it you want to make sure. There are certain things that um with tuning you might wanna you might wanna consult your tuner, whether it's Graham, somebody else, whatever. Um, if you plan on going off a the the beaten path in some way, you wanna try some weird injector brand or something like that, you better talk to your tuner. Cause uh there's a reason that most tuners in this country are very insistent on injector dynamics. Um there's a reason for a lot of this stuff. It's something I just, I, it, a lot of these tuners, you show up with a particular brand that isn't what they want to run. They may tell you no. And uh, they're not wrong for it. They're just trying to save you and their reputation. 
Yep. Yeah. So, once, once you've done, once you've done a few thousand cars, you see patterns and you just trust those patterns. Yep. Um, it, one of the reasons, uh, IDs get so much love is not only are they matched by flow, but they also match them by latency. And, uh, that's that matching is what makes those work so well. Well, and it's even more than that. We'll take it a step farther. They actually do what I, I think they, the term that they use is dynamic matching. They don't just match it like at a few different points. They actually mm-hmm. measure they measure the di- the dynamic rate. So all the way across the range of the injector, they basically build a line for each yeah. injector, and then they group together injectors that have the same line shape. So it's not just you know one point, maybe three points, like some places do. They actually draw a curve and put together injectors that share the same curve. Yep. So. That means they match at full throttle and they match around idle and they match around part throttle. So, but that's handy. why they're more expensive. That's why they're more expensive because they've invested a lot of money into equipment and they've, they've got staff and they've got people that use this process to do better matching. That's what you're paying for. Not to mention the cool thing is if you have, if you have a bad injector or something goes wrong, they serialize all of it. They can send you an exact match for your injector most of the time. Yeah. Because so, not only they, that from that serial, they can, that serial number, yep. they can look to see, um, like the map of that injector that they, you know, what they've yep. mapped out for that. And then they can go, okay, we need one that matches in this range, which yep. is super the other cool. thing. The other thing too, that I learned more recently about them is that, you know, they have, they have special relationships with Bosch and other suppliers and they have, their injectors are built for them because they're committing lots of money to buying large amounts of injectors to get them made the way they want. Whereas other injector companies aren't putting up this cash or putting up building this relationship. So they're just simply buying a generic injector and then modifying it from there. Now, I I believe that Injector Dynamics does do their own modifications to the injectors, of course, but they're actually starting from their own unique point with these companies by buying in bulk like an OEM would do. That's a big difference too. I mean, they move a lot of injectors. They do. So it's, again, it's, this is, this is very, one of those, you get what you pay for situations. Oh, for sure. And, and one of the things you don't screw around with on a Subaru, you definitely do not screw around with on a Subaru's fueling. Yeah. And we, we almost like it's only with very, very, very rare exceptions. Do we agree to tune anything that's got different injectors these days that we don't trust pretty well. There's, there's a couple other options and brands that we are open to, but we always, we always have that conversation. People like, Hey, look, this is the brand we recommend. This is why here's the thousands of cars we've done. And this is why we recommend it, you know? So, so, uh, you have, uh, a few particular, um, well, first off, I, I don't think you're doing much open source tuning these days. Are you? <laughs> it's yeah, it's far and few between, yeah. you know, if we can, if we can help somebody out with an older Subaru and, they, they probably know, one of those they, things like it's yeah. it's a bug eye some person you know you know and they're running like a carberry setup that's probably about it at this point right yeah carberry for flex fuel here and there and then yeah like not much it's just it's yeah. hard because pe- people have to know how to set it all up and it, it, it runs on java which is kind of a dying architecture yeah. <laughs> and so like <laughs> I, I have a, i have a guy right now who i tuned him originally in person on the dyno on carberry and I, you know, so I, he wanted to do flex fuel. And so I agreed to do flex fuel remote tuning. So I set them all up with everything, sent them all the files. 
and he can't get he can't get the logger to work. He can't log anything for me because he's having Java issues on his Windows 11 computer, and I don't I don't know how to help him. And so he's frustrated, and I'm frustrated, and it sucks, you know. Whereas yep. an ac- an access port just just works. It just works. That is one of the nice things about it. Unfortunately, so. the support for like the 16-bit ECUs is spotty. Yeah. Um, at that point, you start looking at standalones real fast. So are there any, I know you've tuned just about anything. Are there any particular standalones that you're just like, dude, I really don't want to mess with that? <laughs> um, um, Mega Squirt? Yeah. Uh, not, not super interested in, in that. Um... Cyvex, the, the the God Cyvex's software just makes me feel ill when I look at it. I just can't. I wish like they, <laughs> that's, a, they, they that's have, like a higher end brand. ECU it is. They have, too, they, yeah. have, they have good hardware, and I know I know that if I could get past the software and just kind of get used to it and fumble my way through it, I'd probably be okay with it. But it that's that the fir- the, the software looks so gross in it that it, I just can't stand it. It looks like it's from like the eighties, the honestly. Isn't that it's crazy like, that you can have something freakishly powerful like that? Yeah. And then, you know, so it's, yeah. So it's wild. that one. Yeah. And, and so some of, you know, some reservation comes from familiarity. Once you, once you've spent hours and hours and hours in something, oh, for you're, sure. you're going to be, you're going to be much more proficient and moving around in it. You know, what's there, you know, what's not there. And, and part of it also comes from just, you know, if I, if someone's like, Hey, would you tune this ECU? I'll go look at, I'll go evaluate it and be like, okay, well, let's see how, how is their fuel control model? What's their airflow model? Does yeah. it, does it do, does it do these things that I like to do? Or is it very limited? And then I'll say, no, this kind of sucks. Like our, our fuel control limitations are, are X, Y, Z. But if we move to this ECU, then you've got it. So. So like one of the things I tell a lot of people um, that are buying engines and modifications. And I'm like, look, you're going to need a custom tune for this. Like, Oh, well, you know, we got a few places around here. They tune like whatever LSs or something. I'm like, look, man, I I can't stress this enough. You really need to go to somebody who specializes in Subaru tuning. And I, I basically, I try to keep it as simple as I can by saying, look, Subarus are kind of their own animal and like how they approach things, even within the Cobb software, which is fairly simple you kind of have to have a good idea of how to tune a Subaru to get what you want out of it. And in the approach, um, you know, with how like load works and things like that, uh, uh, some, like if, if people are used to tuning a really simple ECU or, you know, just something different um, and, and they get tossed into that realm, even if they're a great LS tuner or something like that, it could throw them for a loop. Um, yep. it, like your background is supers. That's like, if, if I remember right, that's what you learned to tune on. Correct. It is exactly. Yeah. I had a, I started with an 04 WRX and then an 05 STI and then my 11 STI. Yeah. So those are the, those are the vehicles that I, I taught myself on. So for better or worse, that's where I started. No, you know. I'm not trying to say that like a, a a good tuner from somebody from another platform couldn't learn Subarus by any means. That's really not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is yep. you really want you don't want them learning on your Subaru. <laughs> yep. You you want somebody that knows the platform. And then if we're talking about yep. standalone, you want somebody that knows that standalone that too. Platform. So Correct. that's so this is another thing I, I try to tell people quite a bit too. If if the standalone conversation starts coming up, different standalones are um, it, they they operate differently in how they go about things, and you'll you'll have some people who are like really good at tuning like an AEM, and they're very comfortable with an AEM, you know, and that's yep. that's just kind of their thing, and they've been doing Hondas for years, 
having them tune a Haltech on a Subaru probably isn't going to work out great. Yeah, they you know they might not be as comfortable. They might they may not know some of the little gotchas that exist on different ECUs. Yeah. So it, that's one of those things that um, it's not so much a, a, a what the fuck, but it's it's something to keep in mind. So, it, it, you know, make sure you have a conversation with your tuner and you are using something that they're confident in using. You know, um, I'll take a swing at it. it it's that that should be throwing up red flags on your own. Um, it, but most tuners, if they aren't like fairly confident, what's going on, are going to tell you, yeah, that's really not my thing. Yep. So I don't know. Um, trying to think of any other like crazy red flags. What, so what are things that annoy the shit out of you while you're on the dyno? Um, what about the guy who literally after every Every single kind of pole that you're like, we're talking, you're, you're figuring out basic drivability stuff and basic fueling and they're coming in how much power to make, how much power to make, how much does that drive you nuts? Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it can be, it, it is, if I'm somewhere that that's an issue, yes, it can be distracting for sure. Um, what to have make? the customer right there. Yeah, what exactly. It it's, it's definitely, <laughs> it's, it's better if I can just focus, get the car all done top to bottom and then come talk mm-hmm. to you about it. And then, you know, or maybe like yeah. I get, usually what I do is I get a few runs done and I come in and I talk about kind of what's, what's, where's it at? How's it looking? What do I think? Yeah. You know, any, so any you concerns. Get it to a point and then where I, we're and having then a conversation I, yep. about power. Then then I, talk, it, I get, their, I get their input. I'm like, okay, I, I think we can get to here. We can push a little bit more or where do you want it to be? And then I go, the nice thing did, is you, you, you know, our situation in Des Moines yeah. where you're not in the room with me. So I don't, I yeah. don't really, I, thankfully I've, I've been able to get away from that. And then, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the tuning in Chicago right now. It's the same thing. The customer is on the other side of the glass, so to speak. And I come out and talk to them when I'm ready. So thankfully I don't have to deal with this too often, but when I have in the past, yeah, it's definitely when, if they're coming in sticking their head in the window, every time I'm trying to like look at the graph and they're standing in the way and some, you know, if I'm in somewhere weird like that, that sucks. What about a uh, dino or no dino? I think that's, that's more of a, <laughs> Uh, I I miss Dino Flash L. I, I, like those videos were the best. Um, yeah. Um. It I I it doesn't happen a whole lot. Um, and I think it it tends to more be with people that you you know. But um, do you enjoy those situations where you're like, we could throw another couple pounds at it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always it's always fun when there's when they're you know to get to have that interaction with the customer. And it's like, you know, we kind of decide together, like I give them my feedback about what I think safe. And they give me some feedback about kind of where they want to be. And then we, you know, we get to add that one or two pounds and see what it does. You know, that that's fun. I enjoy that. Yeah. I like, I like like to have the customer be involved and and make some decisions where they can, you know, ultimately they can ask me, Oh yeah, put it on kill. And I'm going to, I'm going to decide where I feel that's appropriate. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, like... you, and you have to read that too. Like that's, yeah. that's, I, I have to do that every day too. Or some, somebody's like, yeah, man, I'm like, uh, I'm going to be, I, I, or, or it, on my end, it tends to be the other way. Oh, I drive this thing. Nice. And then I start talking to them sure. a little more that you hear that all the time. Oh dude, I, this is just my weekend baby, whatever. And then I start, talking to them you're like oh i was racing the z06 or i was i'm like okay 
Yeah, we're going up one stage in block for sure. Um, yep. <laughs> this thing ain't ever going to see more than 400. All right, you're getting a 950. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 400, 400 is the new stage one. Yeah, it really is. It kind of is on these new 22 WRXs, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's disgusting how much power those things make right out of the gate. Sure. It's so crazy. So, hey, has there ever been anything that's rolled up to the dyno where you're like, this is going to be an absolute effing disaster? And it, it tunes out, and you're just like, this was awesome. <laughs> Why um, is this so yeah. good? I've certainly had some cars that really surprised me. I'm like, just looking at them, it's the whole like, don't judge a book by its cover. And it just looks like this is going to be awful. But then yeah. it, it, it's perfect, you know, like a, like a, I don't I had something the other day. The other time in Chicago, and it was like a, it was like a hundred and sixty thousand miles on a two thousand six automatic WRX with a bigger turbo and injectors and all you know, and it just looked, it just looked gross. It's just everything's crusty, everything's corroded. Yeah. It's been sitting in a <laughs> field for three, for, been sitting in a field for four years, and they got started back up. But it was perfect. It made like, it made like four hundred horsepower through the automatic, and That's everything sick. was everything ran great. So like. Yeah, I've had some cars like that that are just like, this is not going to go well, and it goes great. And then I I've had my, some cars, some brand new cars, that I'm like, this is brand new. It has three parts on it. This should be great. And it's not. And it's two hours of hell. <laughs> yeah. And something, something cannot write, you know? Yeah. I, I think my favorite example of something that should have been just terrible and ended up being really good is still the Rusty Raccoon. Like, that car should have been awful. It was made of leftovers all the way across and the thing made incredible power for a vf yeah, it did it was it was a torque monster oh my god that car was dumb it made like 360 wheel yep <laughs> we still have the dyno floating around for that that thing was so crazy i love it that was car. pretty rowdy yeah um yeah um i guess let's uh let's try to answer some of these questions because some of these are pretty good um Let me go back up because there's a couple of them that were really good. All right. Uh, Solid Snake. I think that's how you pronounce that. Um, do you guys think a FA23? I think he means 24. I'm assuming FA24. GR86 BRZ would benefit from a JDL 3-inch header, 3-inch full exhaust. I, knew, I know S2Ks with a 2.4 liter do. I kind of have some thought to this. Honda's yep. really, really k-series hondas really like a three-inch exhaust and the s2k is kind of that in between a b-series and a uh, a b-series and a, a k-series with that weird f-series um so yep. they share a lot of i with the new the new heads and how much power that's making naturally aspirated out of that four-cylinder i've got a hard time believing there wouldn't be gains from that well, so so I'll try to answer the question a bit more directly. I compared to stock, absolutely. But I think if the question is like, do I need do I need three inches, or would two point seven five make the same power, or would even two point five make the same power? I don't know that you. I don't know that the the full three inch from header back is going to produce more than again. Let's say it's two point seven five the whole way back. I I would I have a hard time thinking that that the full three inches on a non-turbo car is going to be helpful, but certainly something larger than stock 
we've already proven that's useful. So he says most are 2.5 inch. So I, I don't, I don't know. We'd have to test that. Tell him, you know, why, why don't you bring your car in and we'll test that. Yeah. Let's tune let's, it. Why don't we make, why don't we, I would, I think a lot of people in here would like to see the results of that. I know I would like to see the results of that. Yeah. I personally would like to see the results of me running a four inch downpipe um, all the way out on, on my car. I think, I think there's actually gains to be made from me going to a, a four inch. Um, it's going to sound horrible. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the challenge, you're definitely trading some sound there. So yeah, I yeah. don't know. I'd, I'd be, I'd be interested, you know, if there was some, if there's some easy way to test it, it would be cool to see. I think yeah. if, if I, if I had to guess based on experience, I would say that it's very possible that like a, you know, if someone, I don't, and I don't, and I don't even know what exactly different sizes are offered, but I would say that probably 2.75 is going to be more than enough. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily automatically go put three inch on there. Like, Oh, that's going to be the best, but you know, maybe if you're going to yeah. turbo it down the road, if you're going to put a turbo on it down the road, you want to just build ahead, then yeah, why not? I, I, I gotta be real with you're talking north of 200 wheel horsepower NA engines. Most of them, from what I've seen, if they're making north of 200 benefit from a three inch exhaust. I don't know if a three inch header is the answer, but if it if it goes out to three inch at the end of the header, you know, after the collector, and then three inch the rest of the way out, I bet you, I bet you there's yeah. gains, and I'd like to, I'd is. like to see that tested. Know. Yeah, it'd be neat. I and I don't, yeah, so I don't have the answer to that. I don't have the data. I haven't yeah. been touched yet. So, but it's possible. So, um, Certainly heavy could. metal WRX. Uh, so. Here's what he asked. Here's one. Graham is a personal is very personable, so I expect him to know the answer. Would you take a stock car to tune with someone who knows absolutely nothing about cars but is really nice, or an absolute douchebag who thinks he knows better than you but has a car that would be much more fun to work on? So, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, and that's easy for me to answer. I I enjoy. I mean, if, okay, so if I had to pick between the two, I definitely prefer to work with people that are better. I, we, you know, I yeah. think you've, you've come to see what kind of customers that we have and have gravitated yep. towards us. And we've kind of, we definitely don't really, we try not to appeal to the people as he would call them douchebags. You know, yeah. if you, if you think you know better than me, then you, you probably think that some other tuner that's impressed you on the internet is a better tuner anyway, and you probably already use them and that's totally fine. I don't yeah. want to work with your car anyway. There's a reason you're probably here because you, yeah. you know, usually when that situation happens, you go to, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like, so yes, I'd, I, rather, I'd rather help somebody build a, a really nice person, build a great 400 horsepower car mm -hmm. than kind of a dick bag and then make a, a 900 horsepower monster. Yep. Like, and yeah, so, even from a sales point, I will make more money on that 900 horsepower monster, but I really don't want to talk to that dick bag. Yep. So yeah, exactly. So like, let's say I got, I got two cars back to back. The first one is a simple stage two brand new car. The guys, it's his first Subaru. He's, he has a lot of questions. He's really curious. He's really interested. And, and I, you know, I, I do his tune. I talk to him and he's just over the moon about it. And I answer yeah. all his questions. And then the next guy up, He's got a really cool build. It makes a lot of horsepower, but he thinks it should have made 500. And, and I only I only tuned it to 460 because that's what's safe. And he's questioning me all throughout the process. Yeah, his car was more interesting to tune for me. 
but I'm going to walk away from that being irritated so that he, did, that he didn't fast, trust me. How, how, how fast do you go from this is a positive experience to this is a negative experience when some guy goes and I I've, I've been there when this has happened. Yeah. I saw somebody make 40 more horsepower in the internet. Yep. It, it definitely, it, that depending on how I, I will say a few things at that point, And depending on how you take that information is depends how it's going to go. That's yeah. usually what I like to do before I get started on something that's, you know, has the potential to make, a, a broader range of power, I will sit down and I'll be like, okay, what are you expecting? Let's figure out what your expectations are so that when, before I head in there, we make sure that we're on the same page. Because if you think that this 30R turbo, okay, here's a good one. If you think this FP Black is going to make 650, you're out of your mind. <laughs> oh my, dude, I don't, I'm telling you, the, the biggest issues, I'm going to tell you right now, the biggest issues, and I, I see this on my end too, so I guarantee you see it on your end, it's guys trying to make big power on stock location turbos. Yep. And, 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 and you, you try, then you try to explain back pressure and exhaust housings and all these things. They and don't like, want to hear what? any of that because they're the, like, I, the website I saw, told them it'd make this, or I, I saw, saw X, some guy I, do that. Yeah. I saw XYZ tuner run 40 pounds on an FP black. It made 650 horsepower for about 20 milliseconds. <laughs> and then don't worry about what red line looks like or back pressure or, yeah, ejecting it, your rods. It's fine. It made 650. I saw it. I want that. Oh yep. my god, it's the worst. And it, again, it's 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 big power stock location guys. And when I'm talking big power, I'm talking five five twenty plus people expecting miracles out of the stock location Subaru like platform. And honestly, yep. stock location Subaru turbos are ass past 450. Yep. You know, and you know, you know, you know, I've, I've, I've tuned about everything these days and I, and I've, yeah. I've had the people that, that wanted to push the FP black up as high as it can go and the FP zero and the whatever else stock location. I've done that. I've done it many times and I've learned that like, yeah, you can do it, but the, the, the engine reliability, the, you know, it's just not worth it. And so at this point, it's like, if somebody comes to us and they're like, yeah, my, my budget allows a stock location turbo. I want to run 30 pounds on it. I'm like, nope not doing it. I, I have a way different approach now where it's like, I don't even try that. And if you want well, you that, then I'm, I'm not the right tuner for you. It's really nice to where I'm not trying to be braggy here, but there, there is a certain point where you've, you've reached a, a, a level to where you don't have to take everything. Okay. Um, you know, you, you can choose to say, and and that that's actually comes with maturity by saying this isn't a good idea. You know, the money might be there, but this isn't a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea that we work together. So yeah, I, I we there's, do have you, to do that. But... You you have to. I mean, you yeah. You yeah, know, so... and sometimes you have that conversation, and one of two things will happen. You know, said person will get pissed off and leave. Whatever. Okay, and at that point, you're probably better off. Or said person will start coming around to re reality of what this situation is. Yeah, and so you know, Octavio just said, he, you know, I, I think I think he's probably joking. He says, "I feel attacked for putting on a stock location turbo." Let's be <laughs> super clear: there's nothing wrong with stock location turbos at all. There's nothing wrong with a 16G, a 20G, an 18G. There's nothing wrong with that. 
it, they work, they make some awesome power. The only problem with that is when you set these unrealistic expectations, yes. you have you have to understand that the stock location turbo is going to have a lot more back pressure because the exhaust housing is based on a Subaru housing that has to fit in that location. And that's where you talk, you, you set your goals first before you buy anything, you pick a tuner or you, and you pick a shop and you talk to them and you say, I want to get to this kind of power. Can I do it with a stock location? And if you can, we'll, we'll talk about that path and we'll do it. And if that, if your goals don't line up with your turbo budget, then we have to make an adjustment to one or the other. And then we move forward. We tune the car. Everyone's happy. So that's the biggest thing. It's not, it's not, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to bounce yep. on Octavio here, but what I, what I am going to say is, and, and I've said this before, and I'm a lot more blunt than you are because you're a nice guy and I'm not. Um, if you're trying to make a, 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 I, I base almost everything I, I look at on power band. I really don't care about peak power. I care about area under the curve. I've yep. said that many, many times and power band is what wins races. It sets lap times. It makes the car easier and more fun to drive. Peak power means absolutely nothing other than showing off on Instagram. Okay. So stock location turbos passed between they 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 start running into serious efficiency issues between 450 and 500. And, and the problem is you can only breathe through a three-inch inlet and you can only poot out through a, a 10 centimeter hot side. So it doesn't matter how big the wheels are inside of that. You can only move so much air in and you can mm -hmm. only get so much exhaust through it. Yep. So what you end up having is a very, um, you're, you're, you're narrowing your power band by a ton. So it's going to spool a lot slower and it's not going to make as much top end. The more power you make anything past somewhere in that between 450 and five. This is why I harp on 450 being the most juice for your squeeze when it comes to like an STI, it, because it, it's kind of the max you can do with a stock location turbocharger and you can do anything with 450. I scream it all the time. Jake just asked if you were building your perfect, sometimes daily, sometimes cars and coffee car, what chassis and power level it, would it be? You pick the chassis that you like, okay? GC, GD, whatever. I'm I'm probably gonna lean more towards GD than every than anything, especially if you got to daily it, but you want it to be fun on track and whatever. And I'm gonna tell you, build it for 450, and build a solid 450 with a stock location turbo. It's gonna be great. If you want more than that, you really should rotate. And I'm gonna scream that at you, Octavio. I love you, buddy. Especially with a 3582, you should not be doing that stock location. And I will stand by that. Yeah, they're, they're, you're right. That's a good point. That, and that's and that's part of the conversation that we have. People are like, "Well, that's a that's a very that's a pretty big turbo for a stock location, but it's going to be choked by those limitations that you said, yep. and it's also going to spool up late. So it's it's almost not worth it." At know, what point, at point is it worth? Even if you do make some really great peak horsepower with that, you know what I mean? Like, at what cost? <laughs> yep, exactly. Like, and is and that yeah, and you really might you fun might, anymore? You might and you also you might make the horsepower, but it the problem is if you're if you have a ton of back pressure, you're you're working the hell out of your engine. Oh, and yeah. your engine's not going to last as long. It's going to it's going to need a rebuild sooner than later, you know. I'll tell sooner you all about you, that. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's that's part of it too is that it's just you know, 
if like if a stock location turbo, let's say it can make 600, but it can only make 600 and it gets left at 600, that's not good for the engine. If you do a rotated setup and you make 600, but it can easily make seven, but you run around at six, it's going to last a lot longer at that 600 because it's not having yeah. to work so hard for it. It's efficiency. And so that, and that's, that's the biggest thing I tell people now. It's like, I don't tune for power. I tune for efficiency. I will tune whatever, I will tune whatever you bring me. I will yeah. tune it within 80% of its efficiency for XYZ use. You know, if you tune to 100, it's not going to last. Yep. Period. No, it's very yeah. rare that, you know, even on my car, we have, we've, we've, you know, thrown the beans at it, but we've never went, even when, like, quote unquote, kill was brought out, you know, when we were James Houghton, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even when we went for, quote unquote, kill, if we were on a dyno and we were trying to get squeeze everything out of it, there was definitely more there. It, what, it, it dangerous as shit, but we could have went after that. It didn't Correct. make any sense for us to go do that. Absolutely not. Would anybody there want to do that? So our kill still had a level of safety to it. Yep. And you have to you have to approach it that way, or it, it, you know, it, nothing will last like that. You you know that's. That's you're you're asking. We're still talking about turbo four cylinders, and we're talking crazy cylinder pressure, and we're we're you know we're asking a lot per cylinder out of these things. Oh yeah. So it, if you put it into perspective like that, like it's you're you're just you're asking a lot. You you have to you have to be realistic, and the best thing you can do is this is why another reason I I tend to try to push people towards larger turbos than they need. And then have them run it at lower boost. You the the temps are lower. The turbo tends to be a ton happier. It's a lot easier mm -hmm. on your heads. You know the, the engines yep. just everything just works better. That's, that's and the biggest people thing. People are scared oh. of large turbos, but yep. don't be. Especially a yeah. two five with ABCS. That thing will spool monsters quick. It's yeah. It's, it's the concept. Same concept when you're shopping for engines with you. Choose something that is above the power you want to run, not at it. Right. And I know I'm sure you yep. help guys help guys choose that. Same thing for a turbo. If you want to get to X power, choose the turbo that can go a little bit higher so that you can operate in that efficiency range. Yeah. That works I, way I, better. The so. amount of people who are telling us we were crazy for not going with a G thirty nine hundred on Boogie was insane. Yeah. Like no, we even got told to go with a, a G thirty seven seventy by a couple of well, really smart people. You remember how many of those turbos Amic went through before they bumped up in size, and they're like, "Wow, we really didn't yeah. lose much, but we stopped blowing up turbos, and the cars lasting longer." It, it, they stopped you know? blowing up turbos, cars lasting longer, air intake yep. temps are a shitload lower, and as long as you you're in the efficiency range of what you, we have really short gearing in STIs. Mm -hmm. to be at it'll come on right away yep so I, it, it's you know there you go ranting again same shit um all right let's see what else we got um solid snake uh that's what made my 2971 feel amazing versus my bnr big 16g yeah it kind of touching on that real quick a 2971 was designed from the ground up to be a 2971 a big 16g shoved into stock housings turbocharging is a type of math 
that nobody in here can wrap their brain around, okay? The guys who design turbochargers are a different level of strange dudes. Like, really design them. I'm talking, like, Garrett Borgwarner. People are designing the the actual, like, aero profiles. Like, these guys are a level of smart that would blow your frickin' mind. Um, when you start screwing with black magic and by shoving to housings that they don't belong in, the results are never going to be great. This is why I, you're never going to hear me get all excited about shoving a billet wheel into a VF. It don't work. <laughs> it just doesn't. All you do is make your power band worse. You might make a couple more peak horsepower. It's going to spool slower and it's going to fall off on top end harder. Yep. So, yeah. This is the reason that you need to talk to your tuner and talk to somebody who knows, you know, plan out a build with people who know what the hell they're talking about. Um, made more power, but the power band is way better. Exactly. Um, would a front mount be worth it on a stock twin scroll on a 207? Mike G. Um, I, I, I bet you and I are going to have slightly different. It depends, but I bet you it we have. Depend. It That's really going to depend what you're using the car for. Yeah. Um, Mostly a street car. how hard you're pushing it. Mostly a street car. No, a good top mount. But if you're yep. going to be a dedicated track car that's in a class where every bit of power and turning it up matters. Like let's say if this car is going to be used in grid life street, absolutely yep. do a front mount. The it, I'll be, I, I ran a top mount for years in grid life street and believe me, my air intake temps were yeah. ridiculous. That's um, why you kept, that's why you kept losing the spaz. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> spaz does. He brought and, it up. <laughs> and the fact that he was like breaking his boost gauge. Let's not talk about that either. Um, okay, spaz has had his own run of bad luck lately. Yeah. That means I can kick him in the dick really hard now when it hurts more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that really depends on what you're going to use, use the car for. Um, if it's going to be the occasional track day or something, it's not a big deal. One thing you got to watch out for though, is going overboard with that. Like if you stick some massive four inch core monstrosity in front of your radiator and then you go out to, uh, you know, a track day or something, you're trying to do 20 minute sessions, you might not let enough air through to your radiator too. So you, you might have to kind of rethink your cooling package a little bit. If you do go to a front mount, there's, these are all systems, you know, and when you start messing with systems, you're going to have to redesign things. So just understand that a lot of that can be fixed with ducting, picking the right um, core, you you know, you can go to something thinner that'll let more air through or a different design, you know, a tube fin versus bar plate. There's lots of different things. Just, it, it's not as easy as, you know, stick this boat anchor uh, intercooler in front and all, all everything is fixed. So, um, Mr. Butler, stock location for breaking... Oh, stock location for break-in, go rotated once all the I's are dots and T's are crossed. That's what I want to do right now. I mean, stock turbo for break-in. Um, but if you only have one turbo, don't buy a turbo and then buy another turbo um, just for break-in. That doesn't really make sense. Um, if you've got, like, let's say you just happen to have a 20G laying around and you're going to use that for break-in, sure, use that for break-in and then go throw your 35R on for um after you're all sorted out that that kind of makes sense um 
glad you talked me into that turbo. I don't even remember talking you into that turbo, but I'm happy I did. The more I've learned uh, heavy metal WRX, the more I've learned about cars, the more it reminds me of overclocking computers. Yes. Um, yes. They they actually share a lot. It's it's no joke. Um, and overclocking, like if you're overclocking GPUs and stuff like that, the more you turn them up, bigger the chance you got to melt them down. Um, it's just a lot more expensive when you do it. Grammy, still there? Or did you die? Nope, still here. Just letting just you answer these. Sure. Okay. Uh, just put the radiator in the rear. God, I, yeah, I wish it was that easy. Um, proper ducting is the key for big front mount intercoolers. Well, yes, it's a key for any heat exchanger. You duct a heat exchanger, it's going to drastically, drastically increase its efficiency. Some classes don't allow ducting. That's a dumb class then. But it is what it is. Hmm. I've never seen a class that doesn't allow ducting. Yeah, I haven't either. But SCCA's got some weird stuff. Yeah, it's got to be SCCA type stuff, I'm guessing. But I'd be interested to have him give a quick little excerpt as to which classes and why. Yeah, I can see if for for purposes of purposes of aero would make sense. But for purposes of keeping your car cool and not destroying the engine, I can't see any reason of not allowing ducting if it's not affecting arrow in a positive manner. I can see manner. how how they might allow, or they might try to discourage people from doing, like, weird hood ducts and stuff like that for front-end downforce. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm, I would guess he's going to look Connor, into what it. what class do you think it might be? Because I know almost every damn rule book of Subaru. He said, he's, he said he's checking. He said he's checking. But I, I would, I'm going to guess it's I'm going to guess it's um, something weird SCCA thing. Yeah, so probably something um, like that. All Subarus deserve to be rotated. I'm not disagreeing with you, Barge, at all. At all. Uh, I I think a, a 400 horsepower Subaru would even benefit from, from a rotated turbo, a larger inlet, a, a bigger hot side, even with smaller wheels. Um, I think you end up with a wider power band that way. Um, how do you rotate an FA? You don't have to. You really, they don't have the same problem. That's kind of the beauty of an FA. Um, and it's, it's one of the reasons that <laughs> with the handbrake, well played, yeah. sir. <laughs> Slow clap. Into the ditch. Um, <laughs> um, what, that's one of the beauties of the FA is it's not one of the reasons uh the the EJ has the problems it has is the you're you're limited to a 3 inch inlet to get under the intake manifold well you don't have to worry about that with an FA because the turbo sits down there in the front now you might need to do something custom with the the inlet for the turbo but you have room there to do it you know only Subaru had started with that design in the first place for the EJs could you imagine yeah. how different things would be? It'd be we wouldn't, crazy. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't be having this conversation. No, there wouldn't. I don't think you'd see as many rotated turbos at all. Cause you, so like in the Evo community, their turbo just dangles off the front and, mm-hmm. and a stock housing Evo turbo can do like Looney Tune shit. Um, because they can put gigantic ass inlets on those things still. And, and even with the housing, 
you know, they're using some variation of that stock Evo housing. They, they have really large versions of that. Track battle rules. Yep. Modifications OEM bumpers enhance airflow. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that's in street class. Connor, let me know. Yeah, okay, so in street, here's what I can tell you. Yeah, you might not be able to modify the bumper, but you can still build ducting behind the bumper. Like, nowhere in there does it say you can't duct behind the bumper, and it says you can yeah. enhance airflow. So, I mean, you're you literally... What they're trying to tell you, but only partial removal of material, not addition. Okay, so what they're basically trying to say is they don't want you adding giant pieces for arrow but if you were to put something behind it like a duct behind it they're going to consider that part of your cooling package not your bumper yep as that's how i read that too as long as it doesn't like it can't stick out it can't grab air and it's in the sense of like creating downforce but yeah i don't see why you wouldn't be able to duct inside of your bumper exactly and spaz basically just kind of cleared it up you have to attach the ducting block offs etc to your chassis and not the bumper itself again when you're reading a grid life rule book or any time attack rule book, I can tell you this, read exactly what it says and then just do exactly what it doesn't say. <laughs> yep. Like just do everything. It doesn't say that all that's all pertaining to a bumper has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on behind the bumper. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's extremely good point, Connor, but yeah, that's, it's it's quite literal, exactly. You have to play that way, especially if you want to win a class in in grid life. You you have to you have to learn the correct approach to read a rule book. Or every single time you go to do something, if you think it's not allowed, you should probably read the rule book about fourteen more times. Um, it, it, you have to approach it that way because that's the, the rule book is made vague to keep things like this open. And it's not, it's not like an SCCA rule book where it says it, 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 where they specifically state, if it doesn't say it's allowed, it's not allowed. That is not grid life in any way. It's actually the polar opposite. If, unless it specifically says that's not allowed, it's allowed. And believe me, there has been some wacky shit that has come up. Um, trying to catch up you can have you can have scoops you can have as long as they mount something other than the bumper it's really open if you want to take advantage of it flow of the letter not to the spirit exactly um yeah you read the rule book like you're a 16 year old trying to make excuses to your parents exactly that's not what you said Yeah, I I really like heavy metal WRX, dude. I think you're gonna you're gonna be going somewhere with this YouTube channel. You've got the right mindset, my guy. You're you're funny. I like you. Maybe we'll have you on the show. We'll talk twenty two WRX stuff. So, well, yeah. I don't know. Anybody got any other questions? I I think we we did all right here. Um. I, I, we got to do the, uh, the, 
the business side of this thing here real quick. Um, there is, as of recording this, which is Thursday at 5.09 um, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, i got to pull it up. Hold on. Did I really close it down? I did. There's still three days, six hours, 49 minutes, and 47, 46, 45, 44. Days left on getting uh, getting in on the Black Friday sales. Um, They're kind of ridiculous, especially for the long blocks being 15% off. That's bonkers. Um, that is a ton of money off on a long block. So if you're trying to save some money, if you got a build going on, trying you you got a couple days left. Um, all of the oiling products are 15% off. AOSs are 15% off. Um, if you want to do an oil pump and an oil pan, now's a good time. If you plan on going to the track here soon, get one of our oil pans. It's a great time to do it. Um, yeah. Um, other than that, there's still some residual other stuff going on. Uh, I think Cobb is still on sale this week. Um, I think Helltech is still doing sales this week, if I remember right. Graham should know that. Um, Graham being Graham. And uh, Corsa Veloce, that's another one that's on sale all month. So if you guys want to get a uh, Corsa Manifold for doing big power stuff, that's also on sale too. Um, Octavio, do you guys think the VB will be able to use the IBR setup in the near future for front mount setups? Probably, I think they're going to adapt to that. Um, I do. But what the problem is going to be is uh, what are you going to use to control the uh, the injectors? The real only well, real reason to on. do that. Hang on, hang okay. on, hang on, hang on, hang on, okay, hang on. Okay. Hang on. You okay. you can run on the on the V on the VA. You can run that manifold and just cap off the port injectors. You don't have to do the port injectors. I get that, but is it really worth oh. the fuck? Is it worth all that hassle? We don't know you yet. Make any power? We don't know yet. I yes, don't agree on- with you. I don't agree. We don't know yet because it hasn't made any like serious gains, even as much as like it did on the the BRZ. There's a reason you haven't heard of it yet. You haven't it heard might- people going, "Holy shit, I need this right now." Again. You might be right. It may not be worth it. It might be five horsepower. It might be no horsepower. But it could be worth some horsepower in the FA24, maybe. So yeah, if they can, if they can, if they can adapt it all and they can keep everything there that has to stay there. This also might be worth horsepower even on the FA20 for people who are going to a Motec with port injection and turning the thing up. But we don't know. We don't know. Yep. Oh, speaking of while while we're on FA24s. I've yeah. got a customer that contacted me that's doing a pretty ridiculous track car build with a Motec and port injection and all that on a VB. Is his name so, Rick Wilson? Nope, it's not Rick Wilson. Oh, it's it's a Rick Wilson competitor. It's a uh, well, kind of. I, he, uh, let's, let's send him. <laughs> it's not. He, let's just say they're uh, they're in, they're in different situations completely. I think I don't we think send them. We 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 should this, still send them down to just just screw with Rick Wilson. I think it would be funny. I have maybe. nothing against Rick Wilson. But anyway, he's putting I, I just together. Think it would be funny. We're gonna we're gonna push the stock. <laughs> we're gonna push the stock motor for a little while. But somebody else asked here in the chat. Maybe you have an answer. How is how is IAG's FA twenty four coming along? It's actually coming along pretty good. Um, obviously, like Black Friday and some other stuff took over things. Um, we've been. I, I'm gonna be the first one to tell you we got a lot of Bronco stuff happening. We oh, had a pretty no. serious we we had a pretty serious race season, so I gobbled up a bunch of the labor for that. So you guys can be mad at me for that. Um, 
But a lot of those projects right after first of the year are going to get a lot more serious. Um, I think Dylan's in here. Um, at least he was in here. Dylan is going to get thrown into that here real quick. And I, I know they're going to be trying to turn that up. I know we've been talking to ETS about building some shit. And like, there's a lot of stuff going down that we need a larger turbo on there to really test that block out. So. Um, are the FA-24s having fuel pressure issues running E85 like the FA-20s do? I don't think it was a fuel pressure issue. I think it was a fuel flow issue. Was it not, Graham? Um, yes, it's, well, it's both because pressure, pressure is a function of flow. If, mm -hmm. if the flow, if the flow can't keep up, then the pressure drops. So in other words, if the, it, yeah. let's say on the high, let's say on a low pressure pump, if it can't supply a big enough, enough volume through the line, to maintain the pressure, the pressure will drop. And then the injectors don't flow the fuel that they're going to flow when they open. Same thing on the high pressure side. If the high pressure side can't deliver enough volume of fuel to keep the pressure at the target between the pump and the high pressure injectors, the pressure will drop. And so have you seen from the FA 24 is, yes. is the high pressure pump larger? It is larger. It, it's a, it's, it runs off of three lobes on the can shaft instead of two. Interesting. So the the um the FA20 runs 2175 psi target and the FA24 runs 2900 psi so okay. there's an extra 800 psi there um and while we're talking about That's crazy things That's a pretty things, good jump. Get, so the the my GR Corolla goes up to 4000 psi and the new Golf R goes 5000 psi. Holy shit. Audi that the engine and turbo that they put in the new Golf R that 2 liter is yeah. producing um, for about 430 horsepower on full E85 with no mods, and it can run all that stock. That is crazy. You, you can add, it looks like you can add 100, about 130 to 140 horsepower to a completely bone stock, brand new Golf R with nothing but E85 and a tune. This, this is not a uh, Volkswagen Audi channel. And, uh... I know, it's Looney Tunes. It's Looney <laughs> Tunes. But anyway, back to the FA20, sorry, FA24, yeah. yes. We, we are seeing if you run full E85 and you target, you, you, you need, you target enough boost pressure and a rich enough fuel target at lower RPMs to, you can run out of pump. You can run out of volume. So yes, there are some fuel pressure issues. Now, in the sense of, that's just a, that, to answer Josh's question there, um, we're run, that's running it out on volume. We're not seeing it freak out and run out like we like we have seen the FA20s do because of high ethanol content or perhaps sensitivity to ethanol. It seems like the FA24 pump is like the FA20 pump, the FA20 pump from a BRZ, okay? Those didn't seem to give a crap how much ethanol content you run. But for whatever yeah. reason, FA20, the FA20 DIT pump is sensitive to high ethanol contents. I've personally seen it be an issue. But so far on the FA24, I'm not seeing any issues that I feel are related to ethanol content so, directly, but instead related to asking for too much fuel volume that cannot be delivered. Let's ask the question because I haven't physically seen them next to each other, so I don't know, and I don't know if you know either. In theory, how much different are the mechanisms? Could you take the cam out of an FA24 that... You know, so let's say you take both intake cams just so they match. So you take both in intake cams out of an FA24 and the pump mechanism, 
and stick it onto an FA-20? No, because the cam sensor is different and the ECU is interpreting the cam sensor differently. Yeah. So we're talking- the, the trouble is that the, the, the ECU, the cam sensors and the cams are paired together and different from 20 to 24. So, so it, it, it's probably almost like the difference between a 16 bit and a 32 bit on EJ where they just, they're just different yeah. animals altogether. It's not quite that different, but it's, it's quite different. And it's, yeah. it's a different ECU completely. It's a, it's a different ECU type running each engine too. Yeah. That's what made, that's what, that's why Cobb has, is not where they are on the FA twenties yet. They don't have launch control. They don't have flat foot shift. They don't even have real time tuning because they had to crack and learn and reverse engineer a whole different ECU type for the FA 24s. Yep. Interesting. So, yep. So there's no cross compatibility. Now, mechanical compatibility, what you can do is if you, if you want it, if you really want to do an FA24 into an FA20 car, you have to swap the cams, the cam sensors, um, the high pressure pump. You have to, you have to take a lot of the running gear from the FA20 and swap it on the 24. And then from my experience, I've tuned a couple of those. You're tuning them with the FA20 ECU. It works, but it doesn't work great. I, I do not recommend it for the cost. It is not worth it, in my opinion, for the cost to do that. It is way, you'll save money by calling Dewey at IEG Performance and buying a closed deck FA20 all day long. So <clears throat> one thing that I'm, I'm interested to see in the not too distant future is if we're able to do chamber mods to say the FA20 heads and stick an FA24 block under it. and uh, if that works, it, it just it, because it would help your mid range, you know what I mean? Or you're still not yeah. going to have the fuel flow. And I, they did make some improvements to the heads in general, but I, I could see that being, uh, you know, a solid upgrade for, uh, you know, a daily driver FA 20, you know, you get some mid range out of it. If you're going to be running around at 350 wheel, you're going to be 350 yeah. wheel. It'll come <clears throat> on a little sooner. You gain some mid range from it, you know, I wonder if that's that's coming down the road too. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, maybe. Like I said, if, if it could be streamlined to be easier, um, it, I mean, it, it it would be neat. And then Heavy Metals always said that I guess somebody has potentially swapped everything, including the engine harness and the ECU and everything, into a VA. Sure, you can do that. It, yeah. You know, prime, you could prime, do that and do a freaking Subaru Justy if you Dimitri, really Dimitri, to. Dimitri, you saw Dimitri's project. He's doing a whole FA24 swap into an 07 WXTR. Yeah, which I think is make, sick. And making it all work. He's having to, it's it's a lot more challenging because that the an FA fitting into a, a non-FA chassis has some limitations with things, but he's making it all work. So yes, if you carry everything over, including the harness of the ECU and all that, yes. But unless you're doing it yourself in your garage... You're going to spend a lot more money paying a shop to swap an FA24 than you would just simply paying a shop to put an FA20 closed deck in, put a bigger turbo on it, and make the same power on the top end if you're just yes. looking for some more. Heavy metal so, WRX, yeah. Dimitri is is uh, prime motoring. Yeah. So, Bars, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what Bars' real name is or who that is. He said, I'm working on an FA24 Mtron swap, which is kind of cool. Up. The, yeah. the challenge there is that Mtron can't directly control direct injection yet with their ECUs, so I'm not sure how he's going to approach that. They can control external controllers that can control direct injection, so that might be how he's going to approach that. But that's kind of a challenge there. Yeah, so BRZ driver. So I've talked, to, I've what, talked, man, I've talked these, to my guys at Mtron about that a little bit. The Oh, hold on. 
the first one of these, like, I don't know, mid-tier ECU companies. I hate calling them mid-tier because it's not fair to them. But you know what I'm saying. Um, it, it's it's not a it, it's it, it's it's not like a like a mega squirt, but it's not a a Motec. You know what I mean? Like that yep. in the middle. Those guys who one figure out how to get the CAN bus stuff working correctly on anything newer than a 2010 link um or figure out how to get uh you know um direct injection and stuff working correctly um in a plug and play setup you know link Haltech, all these mtron these companies mm-hmm. they can figure that out dude they're gonna the first one to do it's gonna make a fucking mint yeah the the, the key these days can, can bus integration is required for newer stuff and then direct injection is becoming important as well so yeah, that's kind of the, the key there. The Link G5 has direction, direct injection. And that's actually, I'm pretty interested at PRI to talk to Link yep. because they are talking about the G5 should be able to do um, quite a bit. Yep, and they're actually they're actually coming along pretty well with CAN bus. So I'm, I've been doing yeah. a lot of Link, Link projects on CAN bus Subarus and it's been working fantastic. The so. only problem is they just don't have a super easy plug and play setup for yeah. anything so newer than a 2010 that's their bread and butter is their, their price points. Awesome. Because those plug in ECUs plug right in with no harness needed. Oh, they're phenomenal. And that's, I dude, if they can figure out 10 to 20 STIs, they're everybody else is screwed. Like it's going to suck the life right out of Cobb even like, cause it's such a reasonable price. If you think about it, like, don't get me wrong. And I'm, I, I got to say this, there's a caveat to this. You're, you're not going to pass emissions. It won't be California legal. You know, it, these these are things that when you stick a standalone in your car, you understand that, okay? Yeah, so from here on out, we're talking about a race car. But I tell you what, it's going to change everything. It is going to change uh, everything. It's going to change. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's going to change everything. I think it's going to change some things. I think it's going to be... I think that... that that guy who's trying to make 600 horsepower there that used to do it on a cob, you yeah. know, it, that, that customer, which is, I got it between you, you, that was a huge customer for us. was that guy, you know what I mean? And a lot of that guy went away when it became really hard to do that with a cob. That's going to come screaming back because those cars are still new enough, you know? And, and I, I got a feeling we're, <laughs> man you better get ready you're gonna sell a boatload of those things because i'm just gonna send them to you <laughs> yeah it's been popular i mean we've like a lot of those big track builds we've been doing are you know sure. like plugins are, are perfect and then you know if, if that's for like what i i usually sell those to people that are just you know like working their way into more um let's say competitive racing like if you're not trying to be super competitive a link fits to your budget. That's the answer. If you're going out there to compete, then I, we've been doing more of the Mtron stuff because it's just got yeah, it's got the extra bells and whistles. Yep. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably gonna be on an Mtron next year. Um, well, nothing against Haltech, but they want to do some stuff with IG, with some other things, and uh, so we we're that's probably gonna be the thing, and uh, we'll see. Um, I'm excited to talk to those cats over at PRI too. Man, we got a lot of people I got to talk to at PRI, and you're not even going. 
brother, I got, I am so over, I, I have to catch up. I'm I, so I, overwhelmed I, I, I right know. now. I know. It's crazy. It just I'm getting there. I I'm hate feeling, that I'm feeling PRI good. is the thing it. that, that's going to, you know, that's the thing that had to die. But I wish Indianapolis didn't suck so much. And I wish it wasn't in December. I wish it was so much better Dude, than it, it is. It's, it's the worst. Like, it's it's not an enticing I, thing. You are going like, for PRI yeah. and nothing else. Yeah, it sucks. Like, I like PRI, but I hate I hate everything it takes to, to go there and everything else around it. But whatever. You, you'll, you'll be good. You'll be fine. I'll be. I'm sure. They're going to hand yep. me a big trophy there. Yep. Yep. So, all right. I think we did a thing. Um, do a tour of all the U.S. Living his best <laughs> life, living through him and enjoying every minute of it. Yeah, he's, he's been effing everywhere. Talking about going <laughs> to California and back. I mean, that was, you you made that haul too. It was pretty crazy, dude. I, I I'm I'm gonna pay for that trip all of next year. Like that. Hey, it's do, bad. do you want to do you want to do you want to come to uh, Sedona, Arizona, with us and escape the winter? Not that you really have to escape winter where you're at, but we I, might I, we might go to Arizona and do do side by sides and off roading stuff if you want to join. It, it, maybe, but like I gotta be real. I ain't got the money to do any of that right now. I gotta pay for California. Like, dude, oh. that that devastated me financially. Yeah, devastated was... me financially. Like, I am I am going to be desperately looking for a proper sponsor, or I'm honestly, I, and this is, I'm just being real with this. I have to cut back on events next year. There's no way I can't. I can't do a full schedule next year. I can't. Yeah. I don't have the money for it because well, I'm going to have to pay this year off. Well, I mean, you won the season, so I bet you there's some sponsors out there that want to see you win That's again. That's not what I'm hoping. I'm hoping I can talk to somebody. I'm just saying, if anybody's listening. What's what's that big name on the side of your car? It's yeah, yeah, uh, three, yeah. three letters, FBI, EPA. Will, oh, IAG, IAG. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see what happens with that. They put in a lot this year, so I can't really be mad. They did. They they It was... There's, there's some other names on the car that I think uh, conversations have to be had with, though. There you go. We'll see what happens. So, all right. Well, we'll let's uh, yep. want to wrap. I think we'll call it at that, though. This has been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. And uh, we should do this again sometime. Yeah. Um, let me know. I just like doing random tuning, ask a tuner shit. So, it's, yep. It's fun so, for me. Yep. It's been good. So, like I said before, folks, if you made it this far, do me a solid. Um, share this. Uh, if you're listening on the, uh, through a podcast format, share it, tell other people about this. It helps us out. Um, share the discord link. Um, it, it, again, the, the more we grow, the better it's going to be. We actually had, uh, quite a few people in here this week in discord. It was great. Um, they sure as hell ain't here to listen to my stupid ass. Um, I'm going to throw another shout out to Mr. Heavy metal WRX. His, uh, his YouTube is the same thing. Heavy metal WRX. Um, go, go dump him a, a subscribe and a like on some of those videos. He's been doing some good stuff. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's grow this. And the bigger the audience gets and the more people we have listening, the cooler stuff we're going to be able to do, the cooler guests we're going to be able to have on. Then you don't got to listen to, um, myself talk with, um, you know, Graham's ugly face. Um, and maybe we can get some other people on, or maybe we can get a whole bunch of people on at the same time. I don't know. Let's see what we can do. You know what you, you, know what have, you need to do? You, you need an energy drink sponsor. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm, I've got a call couple up, people. I've, you know what? Call up C4. Call up C4. I, I, I'm going to talk to A, energy drinks, and B, I'm going to talk to Circle. 
Okay. There you, you go. Know, like, I love this thing. I'm, I, I literally have it in my hand right now and sucking back some black cherry. I love this thing. And I would love to work with somebody that I am currently, like, I'm using their product already. And other people should have this product. All right. Well, work on that. And, yeah. All right. Well, it's been right, real cool, fun. It's been real fun. We'll catch you later, Graham. See you guys. See you, dude.